0: It's like an exercise. <laughs> Best flow, most consistent, realist stories, most charisma. I check the most trends, and my interviews are hotter, hotter. You're listening to Quantum Leap Fitness. Guess who's Bazak? What up, what up, what up, guys? It's your man, the, the people like to call me Zeus. Don't ever call me that in person. It feels weird. But what up, man? What up? What up? Your boy is back. Um, I'm excited, man. What is this week five of uh QLF podcast? You know, we, we took a little time off, almost like a month. I had to get I had to get life together. I, yeah, I had to get life together. But no, I really want to just you know study the game of podcasting, man. I'm such a student and I'm a fan. But um, I'm 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 happy. I'm back and and we're ready to roll uh real quick right because it sounds pretty uh sounds pretty uh one-sided shout out to my man jr Right, right jr is out there being famous doing a bunch of other stuff make sure you check out his podcast also um but you know today it's just me it's your boy irv i'm here live and direct so let's you know let's dig into this man i'm excited i'm just happy to be here right just happy to be here so uh you know quick recap uh i want to give a big shout out to uh Rob Markman and Kristen Coral, Yeah. The, uh, the guys from Red Light Special. Please check out their podcast. It's amazing. Probably the only R&B podcast out right now. And uh, I want to shout them out. I want to thank them for coming out to, uh, you know, coming out to studio and sitting out with us a, a little while ago. Make sure you check it out. Great episode. Um, episode four. So today... I want to talk about something a little different, you know, I I love the last couple episodes, I love what we've been able to do, and um, I love the direction that we're going in in all of this, but today I want to talk about, I want to think piece it a little bit, right, anybody that knows me knows, you know, I love a think piece, right, and I want to talk about running, today's episode, you know, we're going to dig into running, and when I say running, I mean like, you know, running races, running marathons, half half marathons things of that nature 5k 10ks and i want to talk about the idea that it's it's one of those things that's weirdly white privileged i know i know you're you're looking right now like yo what are you talking about bro no seriously like like running is uh it's white privileged and and it's interesting because uh my homie Addie, shout out to Addie. She sent me a, a Facebook thread. It was like a conversation or something like that where where, you know, a white gentleman made a comment about uh the lack of black people running and like that they're lazy. And somebody responded back talking about like, yo, you have no idea what you're talking about if you only knew. And in a weird way, that person was a hundred and ten percent right. So, you know, I wanna I wanna take the torch from that person and I wanna carry on that conversation. But um we wanna talk about the idea that running is white privilege, sure. But I'm never I'm never without a solution. Right? So this isn't, you know, um my rant against the world and, you know, fitness and health and running. It's 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 understanding one side, right? Like first you always have to understand why things are the way they are then once you understand why things are the way they are, you look for ways to change it. So in today's episode, you know, what we want to talk about is we want to dig into the idea of why running is even white privilege then, and how did this end up happening. And then we also want to dig into what we can do about that. Right? And when I say we, I obviously mean people of color. You know, one of the greatest... Uh, Gifts in in life is the ability to... uh, I hate using the term because it's weird, but the ability to be woke, right? And and when I started QLF blog, I really started it because I wanted an avenue for us to be able to talk about things that affect, you know, us, right? Uh, People of color. And it doesn't mean that I'm excluding Caucasians or, like, I'm a racist or something like that. Please don't think that. But it does mean that... I want an avenue for us, right? Fitness for us, by us. Because we don't really have that, right? Every online site is ran by middle-aged white men and women, and they tell us what to do. But who's the voice of the people, right? Who's the voice of our people? I mean, I, I guess, hey, how you doing? My name is Irv, right? So, um, you know, we're going to dig into that, and I just want to talk about it a little bit. And um, I also want to offer a solution to it also. So, you know, we're going to problem solve this just as well. And um, you know, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this show. And I, I've been sitting on this for a minute. I sort of guy, yeah, I have no idea. I've been sitting on this topic for over a month now, just because. And today, I get to talk about it because it's my show. Let's do it. You're listening to Quantum Leap Fitness. All right, so you know, to really understand the idea of why it's white privilege, we kind of have to look at things like running history and 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 running routine and the demographics of of it and and you know who this is marketed to and who this is privied for. And it sucks, right? Like it really sucks. Like I'm talking about this and it really does suck that I even have to talk about this, right? Um, but you know, when I was doing the research I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like like the fact that they did a research and they did a study on it and the The average uh, runner went to college and graduated college. You know, 79% of people that actually run marathons have a college diploma. And, you know, uh, shout out to all of you guys. You know, this once again, this isn't to take anything away, but that's a humongous number considering that a lot of African-Americans, people of color, aren't actually graduating college at such a high rate, at least not yet, but, you know, we're on our way. But even deeper than that, the average the average runner, household income household income, is over seventy thousand dollars, right? So if the average household income is over seventy thousand dollars, let's take a second and break that down. Then you think about what's the average African American household income, and that is pretty simple. That number is around forty five thousand dollars. So if you think about the average African American household income versus the average household income of somebody that runs marathons, we're clearly not the one that's seventy five thousand. Right? And and then you tie that in. Like we ha you gotta tie it in and you gotta say, yo, all right, so what does that really mean? And why does that even still mean white privilege? And and it makes up for the fact that only one point six percent of people of African Americans actually run marathons, which is astonishing to me. 1.6, like that number blew my mind. And I was like, yo, son, like I I don't get it. But then I started to get it. And I was like, yo, there, there's a lot that goes into being able to run. And a lot of these things that are needed to run are things that we don't really have access to, right? We don't have the ability to, right? And And if you think about it even more, to be able to run one of these races, you're, you're dead running on practice mode, you know, over 200 days a year. You know, that's the, the average um, practice run is about 4.5 hours. Now, who's allowed to really do that, right, in this day and age today? Right, to be able to take away five hours of your day, just about, to go on a jog in your neighborhood, Who's allowed to really do that, right? It's gonna be the person who works the nine to five job, doesn't have to worry about overtime, worry about doing doubles, worry about going from job to job, um, has a nanny, you know, has has those factors that allow them to break away from life from their regular, you know, nine to five and go take a five hour run in their neighborhood. And then you look at neighborhood and you say, yo, one big issue is the fact that we have unsafe neighborhoods most times than not, right? You know, being African American, um, even myself, you know, I grew up in a project, so we we grew up pretty tough, whatever the case may be, but, you know, regular kid from Canarsie, and you look at areas like, let's say, 40 projects in Queens to areas, even in, in Bed-Stuy, don't let gentrification fool you, right, Brownsville, um, Hunts Point in the Bronx, right, those aren't safe places to run. I'm going to be honest with you. If you see somebody running at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. with his hoodie on, there's a good chance it's not for exercise, right? Like, these type of things aren't aren't common. And when they're not common, how often do you plan to see uh, – People in, in these races of of your complexion, right? Not very often. It's like the trickle down domino effect, and and nobody's really paying attention to. You know, if you think about it, right? We, there's not a lot of role models for running. Like if I, if I can't see a lot of African Americans running these races, what am I aspiring for? Right. It's, it, that's the thing about thing. Uh, that's the thing about you know health and fitness and the thing about um being able to do dope stuff like marathons and all that is a lot of times you want to be able to see people who look like you do this, right? And, and if you're not seeing that, it's going to be one of those issues where you're not really going to do it. it. It creates one of those barriers on a cultural level, right? Black people don't run marathons because they don't see people like them run in running clubs, right? And then you're like, yo, but what do you mean? Think about it on, on another level, who are they marketing to when when it comes to these running uh, products these sneakers these clothes Nike and adidas and all that who's the target audience you don't see too many African Americans in in these commercials or on display of this right it's one of those things where 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 uh, it perpetuates the stereotype right and and if I don't see it, and you're showing me one thing, I'm definitely not going to say, you know what, I can do this too. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to believe it. It's, it. It doesn't look like something that was made for me. It doesn't look like something that my people do. And it It sucks because it's, it's not necessarily true. I do want to make sure that that's out there. But then you go back to the factors of, to be able to run these races, your insurance has to be pretty good, right? Now you take a lot of people of color and look into the insurance that they're able to have, or or they can afford, or you know, with being in underprivileged areas or underpaying jobs, and me not sitting on this great insurance because I need to go to a doctor for these for my shins and I need to go to the doctor for my knee and I need to go to the doctor for you know tight hamstrings and all of that. That that comes with the privilege. Right, You have to be able to afford a certain lifestyle just to be able to run a race. These races cost $100, $150 to run. How many times are, are you going to run these races a year? I mean, serious runners definitely run a race probably every month because there is one every month, and they have the ability to travel to different locations to actually do it. They have the ability to buy, you know, Three to four pairs of sneakers. The average runner buys about three point five pairs of sneakers a year. Now we're not talking about cheap sneakers either. Now we're not talking about cheap sneakers either. You know we're talking about you know Asics and you know anything that's in. Now we're not talking about cheap sneakers either. You know we're talking about Asics and anything that's in you know um, Jack Rabbit and all those other great places, even Nike Fly it's right? Like these type of things are expensive. And to be able to constantly afford those over and constantly be able to go use your insurance to go get checked out, it's privy to a certain class of people, right? It's a level of classism that was created with marathon running. And unfortunately, we weren't part of that, right? So one of those things that that needs to change is you know the culture on how we're shown running, the culture on on what running marathons and races really like, and and you know seeing people in our neighborhood doing them, which you know unfortunately, like I said, it's perpetuated by the stereotype of running, right? You know I say all this because you know I understand that this this can be sensitive, you know the idea of of you know, what we're allowed to do, what we do, what we don't do. It's a sensitive topic. And subjects like this, you know, they, they provoke, you know, they provoke conversation and that's what we need. And, you know, we want to break down the status quo and, and, you know, the people who, who are invested into these sports and understand that, that we have a place in it too. And it's crazy because, you know, being somebody of color, we, you chalk this down to the fact it's it's like the it's called the the like Mike effect, like Michael Jordan, right? And that you know that talks that talks about the idea that we seen something like Mike, we seen Mike Jordan, like we were able to see him, we felt like we could feel him, we felt like we knew him, and then we felt like we can achieve that. And then the fact that there's few role models and unsafe streets in this in in this situation it creates an institutionalized complacency, right? And it creates a cultural resistance, which is, you know, um, also backed by, you know, what we would consider an integrated integrated stereotype um, to the bigger picture, right? And I hate that. I hate that for a passion. Why? Because, and you guys know me, you know, I'm I'm a guy, I'm doing charity events and, and I care about, about, you know, where we are on a health and fitness standpoint and a medical standpoint. And with the top barrier to physical activity for, you know, African-Americans being a lack of, of safe places to exercise when at the same time we're predispositioned to having such higher rates of, of you know, ailments and diseases, right? we're predispositioned to having, you know, such a higher rate of ailments and diseases, right? Running can be such an effective tool. You know, what it does is amazing in reducing, you know, obesity and diabetes in in minority populations. You know, a a study came out and it compared um, different groups. And in that different group, um, African-Americans were at 77% higher higher at risk at you know receiving one of these ailments like diabetes and and so and we we take up most of the field of being sick but we can't even afford to be healthy like holy shit right sorry mom we can't afford to be healthy and and you know i hope today what we're able to do with this podcast and you know me ranting i guess and raving is create something where where we can see deeper and we can see bigger. And, and I want to be the person to help spark that type of change. You know, this this industry is is humongous and it feels like there isn't a place for us, right? So I also did the research on it. And, and I want to commend those that, that actually do it. And I want to commend those people that actually that actually put on for us. You know, even the Oprah's and the Kevin Hart's and the P. Diddy's when they ran those man, that doesn't go unnoticed, right? And one one humongous group that that is a part of that is called Black Girls Run. Right? Black Girls Run. One group is called Black Girls Run, you know, uh started in two thousand and nine by uh, Tony Carey and Ashley Hicks. You know, their goal was to create a a space. They wanted to create a space for for African American women to tackle, you know, obesity and different epidemics that we, that we have by by creating a community where they encourage running. And, you know, they've built an amazing movement, a nonprofit organization in New York City. Please check them out, blackgirlsrun.com. Um, I'm plugging them, and I don't even know them, right? But it's for the culture. And check them out. And and they, they do some amazing things where, you know, they travel and, you know, they sit down, have coffee, and they talk about running. And that's super important. And not only do they talk about it, but they actually go out and do runs. Another group is called Run Them Crew, D-E-M, Run Them Crew. We had to have slang in it, of course. Organized by, you know, an African-American. Uh, they make a conscious effort to um, to create something for African-Americans to run. It's basically a running club. And I think that they're super important to us also. You know, like I said, it's not because we don't want to run. It's mainly because we're not shown this. And, and these two uh, companies actually have something that that we want right and we really just have to be privy to that information and lastly you know my last plug on a club is the National Black Marathoners Association and you know they're they're popping like they're around 43 states in over 2000 members and they're committed to to reaching out to African Americans and getting them involved in, in running, right? And between those three groups, you know, we definitely have something that that we can call our own also. You know, it's not that black people don't want to run because black people do. All my friends do. I, you know, I have a bunch of, of, of friends, you know, people of color that actually do run. They're marathon runners. They, they collect medals like nobody's business, right? So it's not that we don't want to run, right, because I honestly believe we do. It's solely just that we're not marketed to, we're not talked to about it. We don't know where to go. We don't understand the cost behind it. We're we're really, really behind the eight ball with things like this. And it's holding us back considering that as, as a community, as a culture, we probably need it the most, don't you think? They should probably be helping us out here. But, I mean, I got you. I got you guys, right? So I want to talk about... Um, how to get into running from that aspect. And I want to offer a couple tips on running now, right? And, you know, when it comes to running, uh, a lot of people don't run that often. And here's, you know, my favorite tip. I use it with all my clients. Just to get started, right? Here's what we're going to do. All right, put your sneakers on. Walk outside. Good. Head to your local track. Good. We're going to start off by doing a three-minute jog. Your pace Don't worry about it. Nobody's chasing you. A three-minute jog. After the three-minute jog, you're going to go into a two-minute walk, ideally a brisk walk. Then you're going to jog again for three minutes, and then you're going to walk for two. Then three by two, three by two. So these are sets of fives, right? Our goal is to get a 50-minute run. So we're going to keep going a three by two, three by two, until we hit our 50-minute mark which is essentially 10 runs which means that we would uh, depend on the track have a good amount of miles in at this point about four miles in or so all right so that's uh step one step two is getting comfortable sneakers um you know i'm a big flying guy um nike offers some really great sneakers asics offers some great sneakers they don't have to be super flashy you're not looking for the ones that are 225 dollars a pop necessarily but their running sneakers are really great. They have really great technology. Uh, look into the flying department and look into the ASICs department. You guys can go um, online for that, and that'll help a lot. Step three, stay hydrated. Make sure you guys are drinking a lot of water out there. That'll help in the ability to to run. Why? Water is H2O, thus carrying oxygen into the bloodstream, thus allowing you to breathe better, allowing you to manage um you know a tempo a lot better. So please get into drinking more water if you don't already. Put the Kool-Aid down. Alright, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Alright. So with that being said, we 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 just figured out a way to. To manage a runtime, right? By doing a three by two, we just figured out a couple of different sneakers we can do. We can wear. Pardon me. We just also figured out that um that um we can uh, go online and and we also figured out that you know the more water we drink, the better, right? So I want to issue like a challenge. I want a public challenge to everybody that's listening. And um, we're gonna use the Nike Run app, right? Shameless plug for Nike, whatever. Right, cut the check, guys. So the Nike Run app is amazing. Um, Rob Markman actually really put me onto it. I knew about it, but you know him, hearing him talk about it, amazing. Um, it tracks your run, it tracks your, it logs in your time, it logs in your calories, it logs in your trail. I want you guys to start using this app. I'm, I want to send me a picture of how long you ran for. I want to put them up on quantumleapfitness.com. I want to put them up on my Instagram. I want to put them up on Twitter and my Facebook because I want to help promote this idea of running. All right? And then the next race, I want to see you guys all there because I'll be there. All right? So I'm looking to do um another run in about February to um March, and I would love to have you guys all there. Let's do it together as a team. I'll get Quantum Leap fitness shirts for everybody. That'd be kind of dope, right? So, um, you know, we we picked up a lot of information on all of this today. I, I hope, and and now we have something, right? We have a baseline. I'm not. I'm, I might not change the world, right? But I want to spark the brain of the person that's gonna change the world, right? Shout out to Tupac, even though he's not in my top twenty, right? So. I want to be able to create something through you know this platform to help you guys out and I genuinely think that we're going to do that. Um please take heed to everything that we're talking about here and um and you know let's let's be great. That's pretty much what it is. Let's be great. All right, so before I dip off and run into the sunset um, we have a new segment to quantumleapfitness.com. I'm super excited about that. And with this new segment, what we're going to be doing is like a Q&A. I'm going to be taking questions from you guys. Uh, you're going to email them to quantumleapfitness@gmail.com. Whatever you, whatever you want, whatever your heart desires, right? So we're going to talk about um, from food to working out to myths to fads. Whatever you thought or or you want to know about, I'm your guy. We're going to read them on air, and, you know, we're going to answer these questions for you guys. So make sure you guys are emailing quantumleapfitness at gmail.com so I can take your questions, and I can read them on air for you, all right? Um, That's our new segment starting on the next show. Super excited about that. Please don't write anything weird about, like, how do I get 21-inch arms like you, Irv, because half of you guys probably think I take steroids anyway, right? So, um, you know, I'm signing off. Um also, I, I love this format. I just want to talk about it because I want you guys to get used to it. I probably don't have to, but I want to. Uh, I'm shortening this podcast, right? And I love this idea, right? Because, you know, I did, some, I did some study work, right? Who am I? I did some study work. And I realized that the average podcast is about 25 minutes to 27 minutes. And the reason for that is because the average person listens to a podcast on their way to work on their lunch break. And I don't want to drag every podcast too long, so we're shortening the tempo and we're shortening the time span of them, so you guys can get the information, get to the point, retain it, love it, use it, and um, feed it out to the world. Please pay it forward. Um, I'm super. I'm super big on that. You know, I was telling somebody this on Twitter the other day. Uh, shout out to Julie. Hopefully, she uses this idea and takes it seriously. Yeah, I, I've taken so much of my life. Like I, I've I've learned from so many people. I've done so many things. I've taken so much, and I'm I'm nothing if I can't give back. That's that's really why I'm here, right? I just want to give back. This isn't about me. I just want to give back, and um, I want to dedicate my life to just giving back. So you know, we've done things like charity events, free boot camps, um, you know, tips online all day, and we're just gonna keep getting bigger. Um, I appreciate everybody that supports this podcast. You know, this doesn't run without you. I told you guys a while ago that this right here is for us. Is, nobody else has this. I swear to you, I have every search. There's no podcast that's catering to us like I'm catering to us. So, you know, I need you guys' support. Rate it, like it, dislike it, comment, box it, slander me, share it to your friends, Anything and everything, right? I need you guys' support on this because if I don't get it, they might pull the plug on me. <laughs> now I'm just playing. Or maybe I'm not. But nonetheless, I need you guys' support on this and um, let's have fun. Let's be successful. And um, this fitness game, I'm taking it over, but I'm taking you guys with me. That's my promise, all right? So let's get to work. Irv, this is Irv from Quantum Leap Fitness uh, signing off. Shout out to JR. Uh, like I said, he's out there being famous or whatever he'll be back soon but for the meantime you guys will be rocking with earth all right? all right holla at me let's do it quantum leap fitness